0: blog talk radio it's sunday evening and welcome to blog talk radio your hosts for tonight's show are robert brining and jeremy dunn they'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week you're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us the number to call is three four seven two one five ninety four forty two that number again Three four seven two one five ninety four forty two. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio.
1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Happy Sunday! Uh, Thanks for joining us again uh, this week. Uh, My name is Robert Brining. I'm your host, and I'm joined by my co-host Jeremy Dunn. Jeremy, how's your week going?
2: My week's going well. I only have three more days, and then I'm in Santa Barbara.
1: Oh, lucky you! I'm jealous.
2: <laughs> yep, yep. Gonna to go to Santa Barbara. How Getting long? Gonna lounge around on the Pacific Ocean. I'm so excited! <laughs> so excited! Can you tell? How long I'm are you gone mis- for? I will be gone Thursday through Monday, which means I just want to tell everybody. I know you're going to miss me. I will not be on the air next a week from today. Right. Okay. My brother is getting married, everybody, so you have to give me a little bit of a break. Your so twin. My, yes, my twin. My twin brother Yay. is getting married. Yay! And, That's um, great. So, and I love, I absolutely love my my um, my my future sister-in-law. Love her. That's great. We well, have and, a good time. I, I'm so, so excited. And the other uh, thing is, is that this is going to be the last time that we the family will be together for a while because my brother who is in the air force is getting shipped off to England for the next 3 years so which means that I'll have to plan a trip to go off to jolly old England
1: there you go sounds like fun yeah.
2: <laughs> i'm very excited
1: well good so, i can't wait i'm excited for you have a good time I'm, uh we'll I'm definitely miss to, you thank uh, yes you will week, Next week, we have uh, Justin B. Smith on with us on Sunday, and he's going to come on, and he's going to actually, he's going to be one of the bloggers on Am, and he's going to start bringing um, his blog, which is Justin's HIV Journal, over to Am and start sharing it there, so I'm kind of excited about that.
2: That's um, awesome news.
1: For people just tuning in, we are um, a bi-weekly radio show um, that revolves around HIV and chat, HIV and chat, listen to me, HIV and AIDS chat. And we have special guests come on and, you know, share their personal stories or talk about their organization and the work that they're doing. Tonight we're going to have special guest Nicholas Snell, um, who is an actor, journalist, and writer, and he's going to come on and talk about his Action Equal Life series and his website and all the good, interesting things that he does. Um, so I'm excited to have him come on. Um, if you missed last, our last show, on wednesday i just wanted to let you fill you in on that because we had on brandon Maxada, and he um came on and spoke about an event that i'll actually be speaking at i'm a little nervous it's my first speaking publicly thing and it's going to actually be in um dc july 20th and 21st and i'll put a link to that in the um chat room shortly but you all can come you out are, to that spot.
2: you're going to be fantastic what do you mean you get up there and you'll pretend that you're in your underwear. And yeah. on the radio, like you are now, ladies and gentlemen, yes, Robert actually does the show in his underwear.
1: It's, it's, it's a, a lie.
2: <laughs> it is an absolute fact. He sends me pictures constantly when we're, when we're sitting here doing this, and it's hard for me not to laugh. You're But, so good. Um, but I think that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, I'm excited and nervous all at the same time.
2: You, you know what? And you'll be perfect. I think you are just going to be just fine.
1: Yeah, and the fun part is is that there's also going to be other members of the Pazan community who are going to be there who are also speaking. Um, so I'm excited. Like, Teresa, um, she's actually a girl who lives in Pennsylvania, and we went on the AIDS Walk last year together. So, like, I've met her, and we've hung out before. So it'll be cool to, to meet people on the website, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, meet them live in person and see if they really are truly, like, you know, like a cat freak or something. <laughs> That's funny. Um,
1: As I'm waiting for Nicholas (laughs) to come on, (laughs) I just wanted to uh, mention that um, we also are live on Wednesday afternoons at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and that's when I'm live with Jack McEnroff. And this Wednesday we're going to actually have um, John Doran, who is the West Hollywood Councilman and Mayor. So uh, it's kind of interesting to have uh, somebody who's a mayor on the show to talk about things like that, because when you think HIV, you don't think mayor. So it should be interesting to have somebody, you know, who, who is that involved in, you know, the community and things of that nature to, to see what it's like. Cause I can't imagine waking up every day and being like the mayor of Philadelphia.
2: The mayor? <laughs> I, yeah. Okay. I, if I were mayor, I'd be like, you know, the mayor from that, you know, the, the, the somber town in, in, in that Christmas show, you know, the, the one where he says, a yo-yo, I love yo-yos. And he bans all the toys.
1: Right. Okay. Um, I have Nicholas here <laughs> the on the ride, line, so I'm to right. him on. I don't know what movie you're talking about, and we have our, our, um, our guests uh, waiting.
2: <laughs> I can't remember what it is. The year, not the year without a Santa Claus, but oh, Santa Claus is coming to town. That one.
1: Oh, I'll have to rewatch that one.
2: Yes, I <laughs> I don't will. remember that part. Yo-yo, <laughs> I love yo-yo. I just
1: remember the oh, I just remember the heat miser and the snow miser, but that's a different story. Um, I want everyone to uh, help me welcome uh, Nicholas Snow to Pod I Radio. Hello, Nicholas. Are you there? I'm here. How are you? Uh, Good. Welcome
2: to the show. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you.
0: It's it's thank you both. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, Jeremy. It's a pleasure to be here.
2: Awesome. Awesome. So, are you in the states?
0: I'm in the states. I'm in Palm Springs, California, and I am in my underwear, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. In, In keeping with the theme, I'm. I'm. Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm at an undisclosed location in Palm Springs in my underwear, talking on the internet. <laughs> <laughs>
2: mm, that That's could be funny. any no. number of places in Palm Springs. I know Palm Springs pretty well.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. I am. I am in the privacy of my own hotel room, uh, as opposed to out by many of the. So actually, you know, Palm Springs is known not only because it's got a great gay community. It's also a very HIV-friendly community. But it's also very famous for uh, people who like to have a nudist lifestyle. And one of the biggest heterosexual nudist resorts is actually in Palm Springs. And they have a a nudist pedestrian bridge from one part of their complex to another that goes over one of the main roads. Uh, it's clearly uh, concealed, but people can people in this heterosexual nudist colony can actually cross the street in the privacy of their own bridge.
2: Yeah, and I I I actually have a connection to that. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's more
0: that's more than I can say. <laughs>
2: um, and I'm and I'm God, I hope my I hope they're not listening, but yeah, my mom and stepdad have been. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. Oh my God! It's like too much information. Told, well, they told me that they went, and it's like, are you kidding me? My parents, the people that birthed me, are now nudists. It's it's just it's a bizarre. So
1: oh, yeah, see what you started talking about, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, like, I know. I know. Oh. And Jeremy off.
2: <laughs> I digress. Yes. I I I am so sorry. We're actually here to talk about HIV and you. <laughs> uh, yes, which is, it's still a vision
0: that both of those would be in the same sentence, HIV and me, but that's my reality. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm doing what you're doing, I'm telling my story in a way to hopefully make a difference, you know, reduce stigma, empower sure. people who may not have been tested to get their test, and and to just be part of the solution.
2: But. So, give us a little bit of backstory on you, Nick. Um, is it Nicholas or Nick? Uh,
0: I prefer Nicholas.
2: Nicholas. Uh, thank you. Okay.
0: Because I'm a pretentious queen. No.
2: God, <laughs> it, 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 we don't want that. <laughs> um, no, I'm not really.
0: A, I'm not really a pretentious queen, but I but I like to go by Nicholas.
2: Okay, um, Nicholas <laughs> it is, and that and that's and that's fair. So, give us a little backstory. Um, 2007. Let's start there. Well. Um,
0: I became HIV positive in August of 2007, and uh, I clearly, you know, must have made some sort of mistake for that to happen, and uh, having had a little time and distance from that experience, I can say that I basically, the bottom line is I got HIV because I didn't use a condom. I did have an a episode of unsafe sex, which I can attribute to four reasons. One of them is that I was feeling depressed at the time, I, I wasn't taking as good care of myself as I should. The second reason is that I was with a partner that said he was HIV negative and he believed it. Thirdly, I didn't uh, I didn't realize that in, in Bangkok, Thailand, where I was living, I still live there actually, I'm just on an extended trip, that three out of 10 uh, men who have sex with men are HIV positive and the fourth reason is I had a false sense of security about my ability to remain HIV negative, having been HIV negative for basically my entire adult sex life. None of those are good reasons, I stress, but they're human reasons and and those were my personal circumstances. And... Uh, The reason that I knew that I I had been exposed to HIV or believed that that I had is because within a few weeks of this incident, I got a very severe flu-like illness. I ultimately went to a, a hospital. I spoke to one nurse and a doctor, and then ultimately I found myself facing the infectious disease specialist who was asking me about my recent sexual activity and explaining that my symptoms could be the result of a recent acute HIV infection. At the time, I left the hospital without having had any sort of further tests, I was a bit shocked. Uh, I didn't didn't, um, discuss any sexual activity with the doctor um, but nevertheless, I knew behavior, and I had that piece of information in my head. Um, going into the 2008, I decided that I wanted to have a test. I wanted to know for myself if I had become HIV positive. So on January 3rd, 2008, I tested HIV positive. Um, ultimately, because I've been in the media for a long time, I decided that I wanted to tell my story. I began to tell it anonymously online at, at websites where men, where men meet other men. Um, not completely anonymously, because I, I continued to use my own description, physical description and neighborhood and the basic general questions that get asked in a profile, but I didn't use my name or, or my face. And Ultimately, I told my story in a press conference in uh, October of 2008. And uh, launched uh, a website called ActionEqualsLife.com, and that is a that is a reference to the, the the language of Act Up in the 80s. They they always would chant Silence equals death, Action equals life. So I created the website ActionEqualsLife.com. Our theme is expressing the truth of our lives and transforming the planet. And there's basically three three goals of the website. One is to promote HIV-AIDS awareness, one is to support lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered civil rights, and then thirdly, I'd like to support human rights in general. So it's an online community, similar to Pause IM, and uh, it's open to anyone that wants to uh, be a part of an ongoing online community that's addressing these issues.
1: Now, one of the things that you have with that is you also have an Action Equals Life series, right, that coincides with the website.
0: Yes, I um, I recently, uh, well, in my role as my professional life as an entertainment journalist, uh, I have done television at different times and I launched a, a video series for the web and it occurred to me that I could easily do that for Action Equals Life as well. So now when I have the opportunity to speak with someone relevant to the topics of the website, I will uh, do a video interview with them. I'll put it online in a variety of places, but also at actionequalslife.com. Uh, I just learned yesterday that my media credentials have been approved uh, for me to attend the uh, Ninth International Conference of uh, HIV and AIDS in the Asia Pacific in Bali in August. So one of the things I hope to do there is to conduct many of these interviews for the website to help expand the visibility and the reach of the people in the Asia Pacific, uh, Pacific that are that are working on all of this. And today, as a matter of fact, uh, I I taped an episode of my show and I've already put it online. And it's it's not HIV and AIDS related, but it certainly speaks to the other themes of the site. I interviewed a, a couple of, uh, uh, um, I want to say a lesbian couple, and that's, that would be true, here in Palm Springs. When they got married, however, uh, they were married as a heterosexual couple. And one of them have, has since gone through sexual reassignment and is now legally a woman. So they were legally married in the state of California as heterosexuals. At a time when gay marriage was illegal, but their marriage is still preserved, even though they're now two women, and uh, there people I've known for many years, I've interviewed them, and they talk about their relationship, and that is the latest episode of Action Equals Life, the series.
1: That's great. I mean, that's, that's I, It's important to reach out to you know to all the different points that you try to reach with your website and. That's interesting. I have to go check that out because I know that I, I'm, a, I'm a I believe I'm a member at Action Equals Life. Yeah. And yes, you are. I, okay. I'm trying to think because I'm like, wait a minute. And I know I joined it. So because um, that was when we first met. I because I actually met you. You know, when I Googled looking um, on the network creators, and that's where I came across you and like um, Kenji. So um, it's just it's been great seeing the things that you do because you do so much. And I just want to I know we started talking about when you were first diagnosed, but I just want to go back a little bit before that and talk a little bit about where um where maybe where you grew up at and you know you said you were an actor. I know you were a host on a um a television show called Town Queers, is that right?
0: It was called Towns Queer, and I referred to it as a Queens version of Larry King. I produced it using the public access system in uh uh Los Angeles between 1993 and 1999. Then it morphed into the Nicholas Snow show that I uh, co-produced with a friend of mine. And I referred to the show as a Queens version of Larry King. And one of my goals of the show was to examine and strengthen the relationship between the gay and lesbian civil rights movement and the entertainment industry. Um, so, So that was... That occupied a lot of my time in the 90s, but I was born and raised in Arizona. I was born in Tucson. I grew up in Flagstaff. I graduated from Arizona State University in 1985. I ended up living full-time in the L.A. area by 1988, and that year I had the opportunity along with thousands of other people to uh, work on the first ever National Coming Out Day, uh, which happens every year on October 11th. And in 1990, I was on the board of directors for the Alliance for Gay and Lesbian Artists in the entertainment industry. You know, interestingly, in 1988, they had, the, they had a one-year anniversary celebration of the March on Washington that had taken place in 1987. And that year, there was a huge protest, an ACT-UP protest, at the Food and Drug Administration outside of uh, Washington, D.C. I believe it's in Virginia. And uh, so I certainly had been to my share of, uh, of act up demonstrations and um, had known many people who were hiv positive lost people I knew uh, uh, and loved to aids and you know even today I have many people in my life who are hiv positive um, after I became positive, but before I knew it, uh, I found out a friend of mine had a similar story in that in in recent years. Uh, he had also become HIV positive, but hadn't shared that information. And I do respect an individual's right to disclose when, when, how, and to whom they wish that they might be HIV positive. Um, but I kept asking myself, if I had known someone in a similar situation to me, someone that well into the epidemic became HIV positive, if I had known their story, would I have behaved any differently? And I don't know the answer to that question. I never will. But one of the things I decided to do was to just tell my story as publicly as possible to as many people as possible, as creatively as possible, um, so I, I could help make a difference. And I, I chose to do that in a part of the world where there's a, a, a fair invisibility of people who are openly hiv positive and uh, I've been so immersed in the process, frankly, I, I'm I'm not always in touch with the emotion of it all, but I'm I'm grateful that I'm making the decisions I'm making in terms of my own public education work.
1: And you did and you did that at a at a you you did that publicly in Thailand, right?
0: Um yes, I did it on in Thailand. I also have a variety of other websites and appear in different media Uh, print uh, print publications, some television programming. And uh, so even though I took this action in Thailand, um, I'm endeavoring to reach people all over the world with my message. And uh, I think in the first six months after coming out, in terms of the media reach, uh, I reached about 100,000 people with my campaign. One of the things I I do as a journalist is I attend a lot of fashion events and I love going to Bangkok International Fashion Week. And I decided to create and launch a t-shirt at that event, which I wear a lot. I don't wear it as much as I used to, but I wear it a lot and it basically, uh, in in an interesting graphical way, it says on the shirt, you now know you know someone who is HIV positive. The absolute latest fashion is to know your HIV status, get tested, live longer. So I debuted that T-shirt at, at Bangkok International Fashion Week and would wear it all over Thailand. You know, on the on the subway, on the SkyTrain. Uh, you know, to gay clubs. I, I stopped wearing it every day because I realized that I, it, it created a certain stress level to out myself as an HIV positive person wherever I went. and uh, and that I just needed to be uh, sort of more discreet for my own mental well-being. So I'm a little more selective.
1: How did people react to it when you were walking around? Did, like, people come up and talk to you? Did they, like, Um, look at you from afar and talk, whisper?
0: Well, interestingly, that graphic is on both sides of the T-shirt. I can't miss uh, it. (laughs) And I had a person come up. Uh, and stopped me uh, on the SkyTrain platform and said that it was just a really cool T-shirt. And uh, uh, it was, it's interestingly, I've I've had people read it from across a room rather loudly, and they'll just say HIV positive out loud and from across the room. So uh, people react in different ways. Um, I did have a situation where, I ended up being, at a fashion, at one of the fashion shows I described, um, it was during Fashion Week, I was seated in the very front row in the middle, and uh, I was basically under the spotlight, and I, I noticed that there were more people looking at me than the models on the catwalk, and that wasn't necessarily my intent to distract from the show itself, but I just happened to be seated in a way that that's sort of what occurred. And afterwards, uh, I interviewed someone that was among those that had started to watch my shirt. And that interview is available in the video section at ActionEqualsLife.com. And uh, that's just one of the results of of that particular shirt. But the bottom line is, you know, a lot of us take life for granted, and I think that we should focus on the sanctity of life and the importance of living each moment fully and expressing our truth powerfully in a way that can transform and touch others whenever we can, which is why I decided to sort of take it to that next level.
1: Well, I think what what I admire about you is how, I mean, you've only been HIV positive for a little over a year, right? And how you just so Like, kind of like it seemed like instantly just turned into an activist overnight. And, like, how did you, like, how did you, like, for me, a year, to me, it's overnight because it took me five years to get involved and to even admit it. So, for you to do it within a year, it kind of makes, you know, like, that's kind of inspiring that you were able to to turn it into something good and not dwell so much on the negative about.
0: Well, in in August, it will be two years since I became HIV positive. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, but it was in, it was basically in January of '08 that I confirmed it. And it was 10 months later that I was having my press conference. And, uh, for me, I, I have been an activist in my life before and the work that I did around national coming out day, uh, you know, has given me a lot of practice in terms of coming out, telling my story. I I came out as an openly gay man in 1985 while still in college. And um, one of the things I hear a lot is it's important to acknowledge the source of your power. And there are two particular seminars that I did in the 80s. Um, One of them is called The Experience. At the time it was called The Experience Weekend. Um, It currently still exists. Uh, One of the original facilitators, her name is Honey Ward. She's based in Santa Fe. Uh, New Mexico, and I believe her website is called ExperienceYourPower.org. But if you just search Honey Ward, you'll find her. But um, that that website, that excuse me, that event used to be called the Advocate Experience, and it empowered people to tell their truth to the people in their lives. And um, I also did a similar seminar called Insight: The Awakening Heart se- Seminar. And there are times in my life where I just did a lot of personal work on being in touch with who I really was and expressing it. And, um, one of the things that motivated me to be an activist to begin with in the mid-80s was the loss of loved ones and the decision that I was going to honor and express my life force and follow my dreams. So I've had a lot of training to just be willing to express myself and... I also had a media platform, so I really felt it was my responsibility to tell my story.
1: So I just think it's it's great that you, you know, got involved so quickly. It's you know, because some people find it difficult, and you know, it's it's a great thing to see to have people come out and do it publicly.
0: Well, I uh, there's so many people who are doing so many important things, and you know, you guys have a media platform. I have a media platform, but frankly, for the HIV positive person, just to be willing to go and have a test is such a huge, it's a huge step in and of itself. And I would, I would commend someone deciding to do that being uh, as equally courageous as someone that's perhaps already taken that step and gone a bit further. Uh, You know, we're, thank God none of us are in this alone
2: so you you've got this i don't want to say power but you do you have this you have this awesome superpower if you will you know where you've got the media you know you've got this outlet what do you where do you expect um your your vision to go in the next say 5 years
0: well it's really cool that you have asked me that question because I have a bit of clarity about that. Um, I returned to Thailand in late July. Um, you know, interestingly, I'm financing everything I talked about. I'm financing it myself, and I, I'm kind of a freelancer in everything that I do. So I, I, I never quite know how I'm going to do what what's up for me next, but I managed to do it, and what's up for me next is going to this conference in Bali. Um, I, I'm returning to Thailand in late July, and this conference is in August, and it's it's fairly easy to get from Bangkok to, to, to Indonesia. Um, what I'm most excited about later in the year is I'm working with one of Thailand's leading music producers and also an internationally renowned film director who works not only in Thailand, but in the U.K. The the music producer's name is Bruno Brugnano, and he's produced over 100 CDs. He's scored many motion pictures. He's won the equivalent of the Thai Academy Award. It was for a movie called Beautiful Boxer, which is a true story of a Thai kickboxer who decides to become a woman, and it becomes quite famous. Uh, uh, because of his boxing, but ultimately becomes a woman. And uh, Bruno also works with members of the Thai Royal family on their music. But uh, he's going to produce a song for me that I wrote. Uh, I'll be the singer-songwriter. And then the director I'm referring to, his name is O Natapan. His recent feature film is called A Moment in June. It's in Thai with English subtitles. It's a beautiful love story that has a strong gay storyline, but it it targets a broader uh, audience as well. He has uh, tentatively agreed to do the music video, and the name of the song is The Power to be Strong, and it's going to be a dance anthem that is inspiring people in the dance crowd to have an HIV test. And uh, so one of the things I want to finish later this year is at least get the recording done I don't know logistically what it's going to take to get the music video done, but um, Bruno and O have met uh, about this. They, uh, you know, we've all agreed that the song is basically as it needs to be. Um, so that that will be another piece of of my own personal puzzle. I'm hoping to create the Action Equals Life Foundation to. Uh, generate uh, funds from my professional life into the foundation and to personally be in a position where, where when I travel, I could perhaps give money away because I do report about entertainment and travel. uh, When I do travel, I often can leverage, leverage my other websites to, to get a hotel room, for example. So my longer term goal is to be able to travel the world as a, as a self-proclaimed ambassador for HIV-AIDS awareness, to give speeches, to tell my story, to sing my songs, and to shine the media spotlight on the individuals and organizations and the communities to which I travel while doing what I can to support their effort.
2: Awesome, I think that's great. I just wanted to jump in really quick and mention to uh, all of our listeners that if you would like to give uh, Nicholas, a, or have a question for Nicholas, Give us a call at 347-215-9442. And it's, by the way, it's 931. We're at the bottom of the hour, as they say in radio. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So uh, you you want to bring this ambassadorship, right? Are you looking to um, incorporate... Are you, are you or not incorporate but are you looking to target mainly the the gay and lesbian uh, community in in the in in the asia-pacific area or are you looking to uh, broaden that and possibly go into other countries
0: um, well I sort of uh, I sort of already feel like I'm international in the scope of what I'm doing. Um, I I for whatever reason my life took me to to thailand i went there for work initially and just fell in love with the culture and feel a a desire to be connected to that part of the world in a long-term basis but i i would hope that what i do professionally and personally and what i do around this issue as as an activist for my world service project would would transcend you know class race sexual orientation and everything i i guess i want to just throw out there that uh I consider myself a student. I'm on a, a steep learning curve and there's some of things about working with the media that I do well, but I'm very green when it comes to the the, the, the contemporary world of HIV, AIDS, prevention, education, activism, et cetera. And when you look at this issue around the world, it's, it's extremely complex and uh, I by no means, uh, am an expert about so much of what needs to be said and done. So I'm doing what I can to build relationships, uh, to um, shine the spotlight on people that really know what they're doing and to, uh, you know, be part of a team effort. I don't want to be a one-man show. I want to be part of a team and uh, I I would hope that that those opportunities would continue to be international.
2: Mm So as as part of um, this goal that you have, um, in how does how is your? And this might be a personal question, but um, you know, you you've you are going on two years of um, an HIV status, and that's still very new. Um, how are you going through it day by day? Do you have, and I'm switching subjects a little, or switching switching gears a little bit, but um, how is it that how do you deal with it on a daily basis when you wake up in the morning and and you look at yourself in the mirror and and just say that guy in the mirror has HIV? How do, how do you handle that every day?
0: Well. Part of me has been so consumed in just the activism that frankly, there could be a component of that was that could have been about just avoiding the personal reality that not only am I HIV positive, but it was my own conscious behavior that, and that led me to be HIV positive. Um, I've, you know, I'm forgiving myself for for the mistakes that I made that have rendered me HIV positive. Um, And I I try to do what I can to be in touch with the emotion that's involved. Um, Had the opportunity to be involved with an English language HIV support group in Thailand. And uh, I do, I'm I'm out as a positive person to virtually everyone in my life. Mm -hmm. And um, I recently have been dating someone, who is HIV negative and there have been some concerns that exist there, but um I'm I'm just sort of uh just trying to be in touch with telling the truth and being honest and uh moving ahead. I personally do not have health insurance and I don't need any medical treatment right now. I'm not on meds. I'm, I I my T cells are good, my viral load is low, I'm not destined to be on meds anytime soon. That's but good. I'm I'm very much aware of the whole healthcare challenge that exists for people. And one of the things I was considering was perhaps becoming an employee of someone else's company instead of being self employed to to requalify for medical insurance. But instead I've decided I've learned that in the state of California, a company can get a group insurance plan for two or more people, and they have to be sold this plan by law, and pre existing conditions can only be excluded during the first six months of the policy. So now I'm inspired, rather than to sort of implode and become an an indigent and a dependent of some sort of social service, which... I understand a lot of people need that, that that type of help. Is I'm personally inspired to just grow my company a bit more, hire an employee, and get group health care. So that's one of the challenges that I'm facing.
2: So, so how how does that work? Um, is your and so is your permanent residence then in Thailand or is it here in the United States?
0: Actually, I'm legally. I'm legally a resident of the state of California, and I am in Thailand as a foreign correspondent of my own California-based company. And mm-hmm. I'm up for renewal of my, my media visa and my Thai press card the week that I go back. That's why I'm going back. And clearly, everyone involved in renewing my visa is aware that I went public not only as an HIV-positive person, but I also tell my story about how I became HIV-positive in Thailand. I could have become HIV-positive anywhere, in the middle of West Hollywood or or in London. It, it could have happened anywhere. Um, so I'm not even sure that my visa will be renewed. I hope it will be. Uh, I imagine it will be, because I've become a huge internationally known advocate for how wonderful... Thailand is, number one, and number two, I think it's very important for people with HIV who can to tell their stories to be public and to be visible. So uh, the answer to your question is that I'm officially a California citizen and my company is based here, but I'm traveling around the world in the context of doing that with Thailand as my base right
2: now. Okay, so and, and as I'm, uh, there's a method to my badness here. Um, I do have a point to my question. Um, so in Thailand, what's the standard of care? What's the level of care that you get?
0: Um, well, they have fabulous private hospitals for people who can afford to go there, and relatively speaking, they're much less expensive than in the US. And uh, you could easily go in for your your regular lab testing. And even if you're on meds, you could get them uh, fairly affordably, even out of pocket. Now, for the the Thai citizen, there is a health care scheme. And I don't know exactly how it works, but um, I believe that most people can qualify for it that need it, um, but I'm still learning a lot about that, so I don't consider myself an expert about that. Um, they, uh, the standard used to be in Thailand that if your T cell count was below 250, they would start you on meds, and I think that they, they're in the process of increasing that to 300, which I think has been the standard in the United States for a while. Uh, but uh, that's part of my learning curve. There is uh, there is healthcare available. Thailand made news uh, within recent years for deciding to disregard the patent of some of the big drug companies to make HIV medication affordable to its citizens, mm-hmm. uh, which I applaud. So um, the the modern healthcare is alive and well and living in in Bangkok. But I'm sure all over the world there are people that don't access healthcare because they either can't or they don't need to, They don't know that they need to. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, a lot of people learn they're HIV positive because they get some sort of illness, as opposed to through a, a voluntary testing program. So the goal, my the goal, is to have people who may have HIV to go to voluntary testing, which isn't always available. It way. is available. It is available in Thailand. There are anonymous testing sites in Thailand. The Thai Red Cross has a really great clinic in uh, Bangkok. Um, it's a little bit harder to get these sorts of tests outside of outside of Bangkok, and they don't necessarily have the same sort of confidentiality protections in Thailand. Nor do they have um, the sensitivity that's needed in a, a lot of a lot of times, and the the stigma and this discrimination around HIV is is pretty scary. Um,
2: is do you, I do you? Do you, do you uh, I'm sorry. I'm
0: sorry. No, no, that's okay. Go ahead.
2: Oh, I was just going to ask the um, a kind of a follow up to that. Do you find that the um, stigma in in Thailand or in Asia in general is greater than that in the United States, or have you not yet, you know? Been exposed to it as much.
0: Um,
2: I would have to
0: say that it's, that people who have HIV are much more visible in a place like the United States than they would be in Thailand. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely, like for example, in my online outreach have a profile at a, a website called friday.com, F-R-I-D-A-E.com, and it's sort of like the gay.com to Asia, and it's got a worldwide following, and it's uh, the, the, the person who founded it is in Singapore, and so is the company, so therefore a lot of the members are Singaporean. And I've had a lot of people reach out to me uh, from Singapore who come to Bangkok for their HIV tests, for medication and for everything else, because they're very afraid to go on the record with an HIV test in Singapore, so they figure out how to go to, to Bangkok to to pursue treatment. And um, there's there's all sorts of laws that you know in so, in some of these countries it's illegal to be homosexual, for example. So there's lots of layers of uh, not only stigma but Cultural norms and, frankly, laws that complicate this issue, in, in each country. You also have religious culture and cultural norms that are, that are overlaid on top of that. I hope to be a much better speaker on these topics after going to the ICAP conference in Bali in August. Okay.
2: Okay. And and. So, as you're here in the States, um, what's the difference in in just being out um, here in the, in the in the United States than it, than you are in in Thailand?
0: Well, I've been in the United States since late April. Um, most of that time, I've been in Palm Springs. I'm about to go to L.A. Uh, this week to go to the L.A. Gay and Lesbian Film Festival Outfest. And um, I have worn my T-shirt once or twice in Palm Springs. But basically, I've I've been very low-key. I haven't really been an activist physically in person around this issue as I go about my life. But um, in in everything that I do online, I'm out about this issue, and um, I have lots of people in this, the local community that are that are supportive. But I I don't really feel like I'm uh I've done sort of the same
1: sort of bold stand here that I've done in Asia. Right. One of the things that um I know a lot of people with HIV struggle with is telling their family and their really close friends because. A lot of people aren't educated and, and you know, they fear rejection. And I wonder, how did you deal with that when you disclosed to your family and friends for the first time? What was their reaction?
0: Well, I, I'm really glad that you asked that question. Um, on May 4th, May 4th or 5th of 2008, a few months after I knew I was positive, I began to write a book, which I call Life Positive, A Journey from the Center of My Heart. And I decided to sort of journal in an ongoing way my process of deciding to come out and to tell my story. And that story culminates in October when I um, had my press conference. And I'm in the process of of publishing that in installments at ActionEqualsLife.com. So by the time October comes around, all those installments will have been published, and I'll publish the final chapter of the book. But in, in this story is my journey of reconciliation with my family around certain issues, and in particular, my mother. And it's a beautiful, powerful story, and basically... It all builds up to me telling my mother and her reaction, and once I had her love and support, it was really within hours that I went public with my campaign. Um, it may sound a bit horrifying, but a lot of people that I, who are in my family found out the same way the general public did via a, an email notice. And the reason I did this is because it would have just been too emotionally draining for me to have the same conversation over and over again with all sorts mm-hmm. of different people from another part of the world. so once I had that in-person conversation with my mother, I just felt this freedom and this liberation to tell anybody because if my mom loves and accepts me then then I don't care what anyone else thinks. Well, fast forward a bit on March uh March sixteenth of this year, I was talking to my mom and my dad and uh we it was just a really beautiful conversation on the occasion of their thirty second wedding anniversary, my mom and my stepdad and uh I told my mom I loved her and my dad that I loved him and then the next day completely unexpectedly medical malpractice my mother died oh uh she died and Mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons i'm back in the u.s because of her memorial that took place and i you know all of us are heartbroken that my mom died Mm -hmm. and so needlessly but my my own gift is that my my willingness to tell the truth about my HIV brought me closer to my mother than ever, and my appreciation for the sanctity of life allowed me to tell my mother on a consistent basis that I loved her as recently as the day before she died. Mm-hmm. So another huge, uncanny, bizarre twist that speaks to my own spiritual journey is that um, when I lived in Palm Springs a few years ago, I gave some of my art to a charity that um, uh, benefits HIV and AIDS-related causes, and I also did a benefit for an AIDS walk and did a concert and had a silent auction that involved some of my art. Well, today, when I went to interview the couple for Action Equals Life, the series, in their living room on the wall was a piece of art that my mother had given to me.
2: Wow, wow.
0: And my mom's nickname for me was Willy Wonka because my first name is William, so my mom would always call me Willy Wonka. And (laughs) she bought this piece of art in 1993 and she had the artist inscribe it to Willy Wonka. So I go to my friend's house today, years later, and i noticed on the wall is this piece of art that my mom had given me and you just what are the mathematical odds of any of that you know and uh my friends who have that piece of art are unclear uh, as to whether or not they were at the this event i had or if they got it from the thrift store but they they today they were not aware that it that it had come from me but here I was in their apart in their home doing this video and there's that piece of art that my mom had given to me' that's I'm funny i'm
1: a, I'm reading in the chat room here, and we have a doctor Joe there, and they said that they'll take very good care of the picture and they love you
0: yes that is dr that's dr joe um uh joe uh Jolene woke and her uh her wife uh lanny uh wolf. Lanny, uh, Lanny is coming out with a book later this year, a novel called She's My Dad. And Dr. Joe, is uh, she helps people sort of transform their own realities. She's a, a very wonderful person. And they're the people who are featured in the video I've, I've described, which is I'm sure it's active now in the video section of ActionEqualsLife.com. But, yeah, the art is on their wall that my mom gave me.
2: Oh, that's great. I think that's awesome kind A of little one of those otherworldly signs. You
1: know? <laughs> um, one of the things I wanted to talk about is um, I, you can watch actually Nicholas's uh, press release of when he um, publicly spoke in, in Thailand on YouTube because that's actually where I, I reviewed it at. And one of the things um, that you touched on was the two people that were sitting next to you. Um and how it was difficult for you to find people to sit next to you up at the stage?
0: Yes. Um, I, I, spent a, I spent months and weeks trying to find people in Thailand working around this issue to be part of my press conference. And uh, I didn't want to tell my story to call attention to myself. I wanted to tell my story, and then... Point to spotlight and other people and what they were doing and um, one of the things that occurred is that um uh some people believe that i some people believe that basically everything we've talked about in this interview i've been doing for my own glory all right so i have i have people that think i'm in it for the spotlight and i'm in it for myself um, there was another issue that here I am a foreigner that has you know no no time-tested legitimate involvement or relationship with the HIV/AIDS movement in Asia, let alone anywhere other than historical roots in activism, and I'm stepping to the forefront of this movement in this sort of self way. So I can certainly understand why people were leery, uh, of perhaps of my motivations or whether or not they wanted to participate or whatever um but uh it was the result of not having people step forward to participate that caused me to create the website actionequalslife.com that that was sort of an afterthought to create that website because I didn't have a specific organization to point people to um but what I did was I just created this website. And a lot of the content on that website is about me and what I'm doing and my own activism until it becomes busier. and Once it becomes busier, I'm happy to just minimize my own story and maximize the, the uh, participation of the other people in the community. But uh, the week before my press conference was the Bangkok International Film Festival, and I met two filmmakers there that are working on a fabulous feature documentary about women dealing with HIV in Thailand and they they were willing to be with me in my press conference and it was certainly relevant and and they did participate um and I had you know a lot of other uh, a lot of other help I had lots of love and support from a lot of people from all over the world people I would never met before just thanking me and continue to thank me but it, it's not about that. It's about um, just doing what I can to make a difference and make each moment count, and try to be of service in
1: my own life. And that's what I, makes you know a great activist. You think, exactly. James? I
2: think that's terrific.
1: Well, you know, we, we are winding down to um, the last couple of minutes here, so um, I just wanted to um, thank you, Nicholas, for coming on and, and sharing your story and reminding everyone that they can go to actionequalslife.com for more information on Nicholas and, um, you know, to follow his series and all that good stuff. And you're on YouTube and all those other places, right?
0: Yes. And Facebook.
1: And Facebook. Yes. I always forget about Facebook.
2: <laughs> <laughs> How can you forget about Facebook? I don't know. Do you have <laughs> all... Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy is
1: my newest friend on Facebook.
2: That's yeah. Right. right? <laughs>
1: Nicholas, do you have any upcoming um, speaking engagements or any events or anything that you would want to throw out there before we, um, end well, up?
0: it, interestingly, uh, I have a role in a movie coming out later this year from Worldwide Wrestling Entertainment and okay. Fox Home Entertainment. It's being released direct to D V D and Blu ray and it's called Marine Two. And I play a hostage. So that's the most interesting sort of thing I have coming up. Um, this, um this year on Blu ray and D V D. It's called Marine Two. Um, my most My most eminent activity regarding HIV-AIDS work is to go to the conference in Bali, and I'll report about that at ActionEqualsLife.com.
1: There you go. Well, Nicholas, thank you for joining us tonight on am Radio. We really, really appreciate it, man.
0: Thanks so much for having me. You guys keep up the good work.
2: Thanks, Thanks, Nicholas. You you too. And make sure that um, before you go to see Dr. Joe, put some pants on. I will. Talk (laughs) to you later. (laughs) Have a good night.
1: Oh, that's so funny. Um, you know, one of the things that um, really struck me was I was watching his video today on YouTube was he talks about how HIV is transmitted in moments of love and trust. And usually when you feel that you're in a moment of love and trust, that you feel like you already are protected. And sometimes you forget to protect yourself or put that condom on. And I just thought that was something very interesting that he said that is transmitted through love and trust.
2: You know, and and I picked up on that too when I, when I watched the uh, – when I watched the press release, I, I thought that was an interesting, um, an interesting statement, and, and I have to agree. I think that's – it Let's gives a we, kind of a uh, new way of looking at it.
1: All yeah, right. Um, we are just winding down for the last couple of minutes here, so I just wanted to actually just um, let you all know about the next upcoming shows that we have. Um, like I said earlier this evening, um, this Wednesday at 2 o'clock, we'll be speaking with the mayor of West Hollywood – and um john dorn and then on sunday jeremy will be away in his vacation but we will be speaking with uh justin b smith from justin's hiv journal and you can check out all the upcoming guests actually you can go to posim.com and join our fan community um we're on youtube twitter um and I'm trying to think MySpace, Facebook, or everywhere you can find POSIM Radio. Just Google us. <laughs> um, Jeremy, uh, your site, you want to throw out there so people can come read your blog?
2: Yeah. Hey, guys. Um, come by. Check me out at PositivelySpeaking.com. That's Positively with the a Z, PositivelySpeaking.com.
1: There you go. And remember, again, you can find all of us at POSIM.com. I have to keep plugging that so people come and join and check it out. That's
0: right. Um,
1: right? Because we need to get those uh, – Numbers up and start people chatting over there. Um, other than that, you know, if you're interested in being a guest uh, possibly on Pause IM Radio and you want to share your story about being HIV positive, you can contact me at robert at com or, you know, through Blog Talk Radio. Other than that, everyone, I hope you all had a great Fourth of July. And, Jeremy, I'll be, I guess, talking to you in, what, two weeks?
2: In about two weeks. You got it.
1: Two weeks. And who's our guest in two weeks, Janelle? You You remember? Uh, Tom Donahue. Yeah, Tom Tom Donahue. I remember
2: Tom. Tom and I actually exchanged a few emails back. Yeah, he's like a
1: really nice guy, and he's originally from PA, so I like to make that connection. That's that's right,
2: and you guys are local together.
1: Right. Have have a great night, everyone. Have
2: (laughs) a good night.
1: (laughs) Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye.